Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is March 5th, 2023. Time is 6.04 in the afternoon. And joining me as always is Al, a.k.a. Big Daddy Prep. What's going on, man? Just another day, Jester. Just another day. Uh, this week's topic, believe it or not, gave me a lot of insight into things I didn't even realize. So, yeah, this is a good topic today. They're going to enjoy this one. So for those of you guys out there that don't know, I absolutely love getting listener emails and, you know, listener topic suggestions. I think that's, I think everybody pretty much knows that, right, Al? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the people that are listening to us. We want to, we want to make our content to what they want to hear. So we got an email here that says, hello, I am a new listener to your podcast, as well as a new prepper. Your podcast has helped me so much in the terms of planning and mentally, I didn't know a lot of things I would need to prepare or how to prepare it, like mylar bags and blankets. I didn't even know those existed. So thank you very much. The main thing I wanted to ask is regarding prepping for a natural disaster, specifically earthquakes. I live on the West Coast where a rumor of a huge earthquake is due to hit us any day now, making it, making it my main concern. I couldn't find an episode that talked a lot about earthquakes on your channel. Your advice speaks a lot about, about bunking in during emergency, but an earthquake could potentially destroy all your preparations. How do you recommend preparing for an earthquake scenario? Um, and the gentleman didn't say to use his name or not use his name, so we're just going to call him R. Um, okay. So R, we got your back, dude. So first and foremost, uh, we all know about what just happened uh, over in Turkey, the earthquake that happened over there. I believe somewhere close to 50,000 dead and over another 100,000 injured in that earthquake. So let's just, it's without a doubt safe to say that these are very destructive. There's a lot of people that can get injured. There's a lot of people that get killed. This is a very bad, bad circumstance. And I know we were all taught in school growing up and it's pretty much out there of ready.gov and all these different places. Duck and cover, get under something stable, right? Get under the table get in inside of a door jam in your home, things like this, get in the strongest part of the home. If you're outside, avoid any buildings, avoid things that can fall on you. If you're in your vehicle, pull over, engage the emergency brake. This is basically what we're taught, right, Al? Right, right. And Jester, let me say this about um, earthquakes. I I live on a fault line of a, of a, a major earthquake area, the New Madrid fault line. Here in Arkansas, we're just pretty much right on it. So I, because of this listener, should have been paying attention more to earthquakes than what I have. So 
by you learning, it's helped me learn this week. And let me tell you a site to go to that's absolutely great. That's the U.S. Geological Survey. It's earthquakes.usgs.gov. has some of the best. And people don't realize how frequent earthquakes happen worldwide, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Um, if you'll go to USGS, if you live on a fault line and you don't, you'll begin to figure out very quickly how many of these happen that we don't even know about. Um, just in the last 24 hours, as of right now as we're taping, there have been 33 earthquakes worldwide that are a 2.5 or plus earthquake magnitude. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. But you didn't know that. No, I I didn't know that. Um, I'll tell you what I do know, though. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so let me set the stage for a second. The earthquake hits. All right, boom. Say you're in an apartment building, if you're in an office building, if you're in your home, the earthquake hits. First and foremost, don't try to escape and get outside during the earthquake. Don't do that. Remain where you are, all right? Yep. The only time I suggest moving is in three scenarios. One scenario is you're near glass, you're near windows. Get away from those windows and glass, all right? Right on. If you're in a structurally weak part of your home, near a weak wall, something that's not finished, something that could very easily collapse on you, get away from that, right? And and get to the strongest part of your home. That's, that is the main suggestion here. Immediately get yourself out of harm's way, but don't try to go outside. Don't try to get too far. For the love of God, if you're in a high rise or if you're in an office building, avoid that elevator. Avoid right that. on. Avoid that, man. Um, you don't want to be trapped. Mm-mm. You don't want to be trapped, but let's talk about what happens if you are trapped, because this is this is where I wanted my primary focus to kind of lie. Um, if you're trapped, that's a hell of a thing. All right, and and it's there's a lot of factors here. If you're trapped, you could be in the dark, you don't have access to water, you could be breathing in dust, you could be breathing in fumes, you could be breathing in chemicals, asbestos, depending on how old the building is. There's a lot of factors to think about here, but let's say you are trapped. All right. The first thing I would suggest if anybody does, if you're trapped, is first off, figure out if you're actually trapped. Figure out if there's somewhere to go to get out of there and, and not be in that trap position anymore, not encountering more danger along the way, though. Don't go toward the fire to get yourself unstuck is what I'm saying, right? Right, right. The second do a thing... Self, do a self-awareness of, of whether you're injured also while you're there because... You could cause more damage to yourself if you're injured. And a lot of people don't realize because of adrenaline that they really are hurt. So do a little self-awareness. See, make sure, can you feel everything? Am I feeling everything? You know, that kind of deal. Exactly. Seeing awareness, uh, self-awareness, and, you know, assessing yourself to make sure you don't have any major injuries. The other thing I would say is, is if you're in one of these scenarios, breathing, yelling, screaming, trying to wiggle out of there is going to kick up a lot of dust and debris and make it harder to breathe. If you're in this scenario, try to find something to cover your face with and create a little bit of an air pocket. What I mean by that is if you're covered in drywall and and different random things, take your hands and try to move them away from your face 
so you have a little bit of a breathing area where you're not kicking up so much dust because the longer you're there, the more shit you're getting into your lungs and the worse off you're going to be. Right. So the other thing, avoid utilizing lighters and matches for light if you're in these scenarios. Number one, you don't know what's flammable in your area that you're in. You, you, you simply do not. And number two, if you have a limited amount of oxygen, striking a match, lighting a lighter is only going to absorb the oxygen in the air and suck it down, right? 100%. So 100%. Now, the other thing is, is if you are stuck in the scenario, your best bet is to find something to bang on. Bang on a wall, bang on a pipe. If you got a key, tap it on that pipe. Tap, tap, tap. Three taps, tap, tap, tap. Three taps, tap, 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 right? consecutively this is going to let emergency workers know that you know you need help now let's be honest you're gonna even if you're trapped under rubble you're probably going to hear a fire engine pull up you're going to hear the sirens as they're on their way there you're going to hear a little bit what's going on on the outside do not burn up all your energy screaming and wiggling and yelling and trying to get out of there it's going to make for a very bad day for everybody right right Jester, there's such a thing in in EMS and fire uh, when they're going through situations like this where they're trying to recover either bodies or trying to rescue people as quiet time. Well, everyone will be quiet to hear if they actually hear noise, hear, a, you know, something that's not usual, like thumping, tapping, whatever it might be. So the world might be hearing you. You just don't know they are. So Try to make some kind of a noise, but yelling and screaming is not the idea you want. You don't want to use up any more of your oxygen than what you have. And a lot of people are rescued after the fact. Long periods of time, people have been in rubble that have been rescued. Recently, an infant was just rescued in the Turkey earthquake, and that infant had been there like close to 72 hours. So, yeah. Hey preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. You know, I just, I want to throw something out real quick, Al. We really should have did an episode on this um, as soon as the Turk- as soon as the earthquake happened in Turkey. We should have got yeah. right on top of this, but, you know, our, our awesome listeners uh, made us aware that we needed to be doing this, so thank you. Well, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, Jester, and I'm, this is why we, we really like the input from our listeners, is because even though I live on a fault line, and I've lived here in this, this general area for 25 years, and people have warned me and told me about it, we don't have a lot of high-rise buildings here. Generally, you could get out. There are lots of small um, tremors that you don't know about. So it's not a big thing. But we all need to be aware of this because there, there are a lot of fault lines everywhere across the world. You know, Even here in the middle of the United States where you would say, oh, that happens on the West Coast, happens on the East Coast. No, it actually happens here just as much. We just don't feel it as much. So let's get into a little bit of what happens after the quake. Like after you have that initial earthquake and you're like, okay, what's next? Well, first off, aftershocks can still happen. Yes, right? sir. So, uh, guys, I want you to think about this. Everything is potentially structurally damaged until it's determined it's not structurally damaged, right? Right out. And unless you're a licensed contractor, a first responder, or an inspector, if you're just a regular plain Jane person, 
you can't make that call. All right. So don't look at a building and think to yourself, it's safe. I could probably go in there because it's more than likely not if it was a bad earthquake. Some things to think about in the aftermath of these are number one, the aftershocks, number two, potential flooding, tsunamis, landslides. These can come with a lot of other wicked factors after the earthquake happens, right? Yes, sir. Natural disasters. I mean, natural things that happen to, you know, buildings like that. And then also man-made things that, that come down, break, you know, gas lines snap, water lines snap, things like that happen that Mother Nature didn't put here, but man put here that's been torn up due to the earthquake. Right, exactly. Um, so this is, we're going to get into how to prep for this here in a minute, but um, guys, you, you got to understand, you're talking... You could have potential gas leaks and buildings could be on the borderline of being explosive. Same with propane in homes, okay? Electrical lines, electrical lines could be down. Water could be charged at that point and you could be getting electrocuted. There's a lot of factors here to think about when you think about these earthquakes and, and the amount of destruction they come with, all right? the Honestly, the best bet when these things happen is to be extremely aware of your surroundings, assessing safety anytime you're going into any new surrounding after the fact, okay? And then the the biggest thing is, is just be prepared for more things to come or more things to go wrong after the fact. Just because that initial quake happened doesn't mean you're out of the woods yet. Right. Um, right. So, Al, do you have anything on, on before we get into the prepping side of this or, or where where's your mind at? Well, one thing that's that's huge in any situation when we assess anything bad is using your sight, sight, your hearing, you know, sounds and and smells and things that are around you will help you determine what the actual environment around you is. You know, you don't necessarily smell gas because gas doesn't have a smell, but they put a smell in gas, so you will smell it. Is there water around? You know, be be aware of your surroundings as much as possible. But I think people need to understand what earthquakes are. Earthquakes just aren't all of a sudden. You know, this comes because of you know seismic waves going through the ground, tectonic plates moving. These things actually build up for a long period of time so when they happen there's a lot of energy that's being displaced very quickly and you talked about the aftershocks yeah as those plates move they might move an inch but they might have small movements behind them that small movement of the ground an inch or two could rattle a hole like i mean what was it back in the late 90s whenever uh they had a big earthquake in los angeles that absolutely brought down a freeway things like that happened so just after these things happen, because it's hard to predict them ahead of time. Sometimes they can predict in the general areas. But after it happens, understand there's probably going to be more that comes with it. So if you're aware of one happening, there's probably going to be more. I agree. Uh, so let's get into how to prepare for these. Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. I, for, first and foremost, I know the first thing I would normally say is water, 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 water. In this circumstance, I'm going to say first aid supplies. Yep. You're more than likely yep. going to be injured in this process. Having things as far as like bleed stop, tourniquets, all that stuff goes, ensuring that you're okay 
look, let, let's be honest. You're gonna you're gonna bleed out potentially before you you know, become so dehydrated you die, right? Before you die of thirst. Very true. So for me, in the situation of an earthquake, having your first aid kit and, and assessing your medical needs is going to be priority. So guys, we're talking major injuries. This isn't falling off your bike and scraping your knee. You know, tourniquets, bleed stop, things to pack wounds, triangular bandages, um, you know, any form of bleed stop to, to get that bleeding under control is going to be a big thing. Like, let's be honest here. If you're living with, say if you're living with granddad and granddad falls, he thinks he broke his neck, he thinks he broke his hip, something collapsed on him, you're not going to be able to treat that kind of stuff right then and there. You're going to have to get him to a hospital. But if grandpa's bleeding out, you could at least stop that. He might be in pain, but you're going to save his life, right? Um, so, so first aid's first and foremost, in my opinion. Uh, second on the list would come water. And the reason why I say water is because there's a good chance municipal services are not going to be working and you're going to need to drink. You might need uh, good water to flush wounds with. You might need to be taking medications still. There's a million different reasons for water, right, Al? Right. And also understand that the water supply, if it is there, could have been compromised. And, you know, you have where, I hate to say this, but you have more sewage lines and fresh water lines sometimes... Well, one lead bleed into another. So understand that even though there could be water there, it might not be good water. Um, that's a big that's a big issue in a lot of these situations too. You know, Al. Speaking of good water, did you see this story in the news about a man in Florida that drank water that had some kind of brain eating amoeba and it killed him? Yes, I was just looking at that story a little <laughs> while ago, and being from Florida. Uh, there are uh, brain-eating amoebas that are in water. You can swim and get them in your ear. And I've, I've heard of this several times over my lifetime. And, yeah, it's scary. It's that, scary. Folks, yeah. a lot of scary things in the water. A lot of scary things. Right. So when we say have bottled water, absolutely have bottled water. And, guys, my recommendation, you know, here's the thing. And, and I think this is what kind of the listener was getting at in the email was, how do you prepare for this? Because if there's an earthquake, all your stuff might be destroyed. You know, how do you, right. you know, how do you leave? You, you know, your best bet is to kind of stagger your items around. You put some water in the closet, you have a case under the bed, maybe you have a case in the backseat of the car and you kind of move them around and swap them out. Maybe keep one in the garage, keep one in a friend's house. That way, if shit really does break bad and, you know, say four out of your five places are destroyed, you still got that fifth one where you could access that water. Right. You know, right. Um, the, the next on the list here, and this is going to come before food in this particular circumstance, the next one on the list here, guys, I know this is going to sound kind of cliche, but emergency weather radio have that. There's a good chance your power is going to be out. There's a good chance the internet's going to be out. There's a good chance the cable is going to be out or cell towers may be down. There is a high likely chance though, that radio towers are still going to be up and transmitting. All right. Yes, sir. Being able to get the the information you need from the National Weather Service, uh, getting information about how far help might be out to your town or any updates or if they're expecting a tsunami or a flood or, you know, or if the water lines have been compromised, having that radio is going to do you a heck of a lot of good, right? Yes, sir. Most municipalities will revert to using the radio because it is still one of the most primitive type of communications we have. And most people have radios. 
Some people don't have cell phones or whatever, but most people have a radio at their disposal. Right. So, I mean, having that, that's, you know, in my opinion, that's key to have that. Definitely have that radio next on the list. And this is up to you guys. This is because I've I've walked back and forth in my mind trying to figure out which one would be better. And Al, maybe you'll have the answer. What do you think? Food or security in this situation? I always go with uh, security, number one, because uh, I can be hungry, but I can't be undead. That's okay. Um, there you go. That's- I, I mean, <laughs> I, I've been recently dealing with some health issues where I've not been able to eat for periods of time. And Jester, I thought I got hungry after five or six hours when you can't eat for a day or two. And you just get to where you really don't care. And uh, I can be hungry. I just can't be undead. Right. I, I totally understand what you're saying. The reason why I was going back and forth with this in my mind is I'm thinking people are injured. They might have lost some blood. They're going to need to recoup You know what they lost. They're going to need to regain energy in these scenarios. So food is important. But then I also thought about humanity and how bad humanity sucks and how a lot of people like to take right. advantage and, and do nasty you know deeds and things while uh, these disasters are happening or right shortly after because... 911 is predisposed. Law enforcement's predisposed. Nobody's showing up. It it's, could be a total crime spree, right? Right. So I, that's why I was kind of going back and forth on my mind in this of what would be better, food or security? Hey, preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. Yep. And, and, you know, the security thing is, is a great idea as long as people don't use, lose their, their humanity. You know, we see a lot of people where they do horrible things in situations like this. And then we see some of the best things come out of people, people that normally wouldn't work together, but I don't want to speak to each other that help each other and, and take care of each other. So we see the best and the worst in man when these situations happen. Cause understand if you're in a, if you're in an earthquake, Everybody's pretty much on the same level playing field here. We're all without power. We're all without water. We're all without this. So don't lose your humanity, but still be watching out for your back for sure. Right, exactly. Uh, the next the next, and the final thing I'm going to put on this list, and then we'll get into other things we should have for, for earthquake survival, but um, the last thing I want to put on this list is shelter because you're going to be displaced from your home if it's collapsed. Okay. Yes, sir. That might mean you're at the local community center. It might mean you're sleeping in your garage, or it might mean you're sleeping in your backyard a tent. Okay. So this, this really varies. So, you know, having a means to make shelter, just like anybody else would within a bug out bag or an inch bag or their bug out or get out kit, um, having a tent or some way to make shelter is going to be a very important thing. You might not want to go to the local community center. However, you might be able to stay in your backyard. They might not let you back in your house because it's structurally unsound, or you might not want to go in there. So having shelter, I think, is definitely a, a next means on this list. Right, and understand that if you're dealing with this situation, everybody is dealing with it too. So, you know, a lot of us in the prepping world don't worry about pride. We will do whatever to survive and make it to the next day. If you're camping in your backyard in a tent, you're better off than somebody else is. So, yeah, this is something you might have to do for a while. We see these in natural disasters where people have to, they have to rough it for a little while. Um, maybe your supplies are demolished, but you have to have shelter. You can't just live outside. 
let's face it, you have to have some kind of shelter. So keeping the kind of materials around that you would have to make a primitive shelter, even if it's for a day or so, is better than standing out in the hot sun, being in the rain, you know, the cold, anything like that. So um, do the best you can is what I can say. Do the best you can given the situation. Right, exactly. So top five prepper items um, that I think for the scenario, Al, first aid products. Yep. Water. Yep. Uh, weather radio. Yes, sir. Security. Weather radio. Yeah, get the radio, security, and then shelter, right? Yes, sir. That's a, that's immediate survival, all right? Right. Um, now I think we should get into other items you should have for after the fact, right? Okay. Not right. not necessarily key to survival, but outside of the five realms of the immediate things that I think you guys would need in this scenario. Food is going to be on the list of this, but specifically, um, guys, I'm going to go ahead and recommend stocking canned goods for this scenario, all right? Canned goods are heavy, and you're not going to be able to take a lot of them with you, but I do recommend stocking the canned goods. If power's out, you don't have to cook a lot of these canned goods. They're already pre-hydrated. I mean, it's not going to be the best meal you've ever had, but it's going to keep you alive, all right? Right on. The other thing I would uh, keep on this list are like dehydrated and freeze-dried foods, ones that don't require cooking. Things like, you know, the freeze-dried bananas or the freeze-dried strawberries, um, different types of trail mix, dehydrated banana chips, all those type of things that are going to provide you with fiber, that are going to provide you with nutrients, um, with a little bit of protein, some good carbs and good fats, and keep you going, all right? Basically, any type of, of trail mix, any type of jerky, you know, things like this are going to be the foods that I would recommend having. Because, you know, there's also that scenario of maybe you live in the middle of nowhere when this hits, your your car's under a tree, you can't get it out, and you got to go on foot for a while. Right. It you can know. happen very easily. Very easily. Right. And, I mean, as simple as pulling out, you know, a, a power bar or a chocolate bar and passing it to your kids in the event of these scenarios is going to make a big difference as far as their morale goes and how they're feeling about the situation. Maybe the family cat's missing. And that was your, your kid's favorite thing. And now everybody's losing their mind because you don't know where the cat's at, right? Right. I'm not saying chocolate's going to fix the problem, but it might take their mind off it a little bit enough so you could ex- assess their medical needs to make sure they're okay, to, to maybe get a moment of silence to formulate your next pr- plan here, or maybe just as a little bit of a stress reducer, right? Yes, sir. You know, think things like that for sure. What I think of after the fact type preparations, and I know this is hard to plan for because we don't know what's going to be destroyed or what's not going to be, but documentation, folks. If you if your if your home is damaged, your business is damaged, your vehicle's damaged, everything's all in you know hell in a handbasket. It's going to be for everybody around you too. So having copies of important paperwork may be stuck back at, at a bank. Maybe in a bank in your your safe deposit box. Maybe a copy of paperwork that you have with you. Maybe you keep a copy in your vehicle because you're going to have to get these things fixed. And you might be far down the list of people to get them fixed, but you need to know who's my insurance company. What are the numbers I call? How do I report that my home's been damaged or my business has been damaged? This sounds not important when it comes to life, but eventually you're going to have to get back to life. So if you can make those copies now and put them away, you might actually save yourself a lot of time and a lot of grief down the road. Right. I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, a few more things here on the list I think are key, uh, guys, 
you're going to get displaced from an earthquake. You're going to end up outside at some point. That's a guarantee. Having having mm-hmm. something to protect you from the rain, whether it be ponchos, garbage bags you stocked up, an umbrella, something, because no one says that earthquakes have to hit in the summertime either. It no. could be raining out and 40 degrees, and you're you're walking down the side of the highway. All right? So rain protection's key. Um, just like every other disaster out on out there on the planet, I'm going to suggest having a way to make fire to keep yourself warm or to potentially cook or simply as a morale booster. And I'm going to highly recommend having comms. Have your two-ways. Have your ham radios. I'm going to highly recommend that as well. Right. I mean, it goes back sort of to the old go bag that we always talked about forever and a day, that the, the go bag, you know. <laughs> You you hope that you can get to it. You try to have these things. You're not guaranteed that you're going to be able to get to it. But knowing that you have it in your car, knowing that you got one in the house that you might be able to get to, might save you a lot of grief. You know, these are not going to be pleasant situations. Right. At you know, absolutely not. Something else that's kind of out of the realm. Um, but I want you guys to think about this. We've. We're after we're gonna have to do an episode specifically on this one day, you know, which na- navigating in these situations. So, guys, think about this: earthquake hits, street lights are out, house lights are out. It's nighttime. You're trying to get to a relative's house, a friend's house. Let's say you've never been there without GPS. This is a big deal. You might not be able to get there to check on them to see if they're okay. Simply having maps of friends and family and knowing how to get to their home in the event that you do not have the luxury of GPS or, or the luxury luxury of street lights illuminating the way, this is a big deal. I know it sounds a little bit goofy because everybody's probably thinking, well, I know how to get to my mom's house. I know how to get to my dad's house. But what if it's a relative you don't see all that often? What if it's somebody's house you don't typically drive to? Right. What if it's at you know? What if it's at night and you're used to having the streets illuminated and now you're confused? Hey, preppers! Do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code Doom10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code Doom10 at checkout at readywise.com. D O O M 10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Well, by living in Florida around hurricanes and living in Arkansas around tornadoes, I've also learned through natural disasters, the landscape can be drastically changed by the weather or an earthquake. What you went to before might not look like it did a week ago or six months ago or a year ago when you were there. Buildings aren't there. Signs aren't there. Signage isn't there. So, yeah, having a good map and, you know, you're not going to be able to depend on these high-tech things like GPS. It's a regular good old hard map that you can actually look at and go, okay, two streets down, one street over, might save your hind in a lot. Uh, right, because you might you might only go to grandma's neighborhood once or twice a year, and you, you're only able to find her house because you know she lives on Elm Street. Well, that, right. that Elm Street sign might be three miles away in, in the top of a tree now. Right. right. Mr. Johnson's big tree that was on the corner might not be there anymore. Yeah, so Mr. you might not know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Johnson's elm tree might be in the next county. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know I know a lot of people don't think about it. I know it sounds a little goofy with the technology we have today, but the moment that that all gets cut off, man, we're uh 
we're going to be in a really bad spot. And that's why, you know, I just, I had to present it, you know, think about having the maps, think about having ways to navigate the places you would go or people you want to check on. Because the other thing is, depending on the circumstance with these, you're not going to be able to call to find out if anybody's okay either. True. Very true. You know, so again, just going back to that, you know, um, also the one other thing I want to throw on the list here of, you know, definite items you should have that I meant to mention earlier, guys, flashlights for sure. Flashlights, ways to illuminate things. Uh, earthquake, a lot of these scenarios mean power outages, right? Um, Why not? Yeah. That's, that's what they come with. That's what they mean. So definitely have it in your mind to think, you know, whatever kit you're building for whatever it is, you should have a headlamp or a flashlight or both, you know, in these kits kind of ready to go. Yep. And I always recommend two to three battery changes with everything that you've got, because nothing is worse than getting to a flashlight or something and find that it was left on the last time or it accidentally got turned on and now the batteries are dead. So keep an extra change of the batteries for everything that you've got. Absolutely. Keep them right with it. Don't put it someplace else. Oh, I'll go over there and get, no, keep it right with this right now. You keep it together, you know? <laughs> right. And here's, here's something for you guys out there. If you, if you're like me and you've got a couple solar generators and, and you're thinking to yourself, well, how do I maintain those? Well, keep them charged up. That simple. Yep. Don't let them, don't let them zero out. Don't, you know, don't look at your solar generator and be like, oh, I just checked it. It's on 30%. I'll charge it later. Just plug it in. Right. There's no, and that's like one of the big things I wanted to tell people, guys. There is no set clock for disaster. There is no set clock for emergencies. These things happen. They are unpredictable, and that's why we prepare. If you want to get a real good old-fashioned ass chewing from you, for me, be on my watch list where it shows up on my phone that you only have 8% on your phone, on your cell phone. (laughs) <laughs> just, 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 just let me get that text message. My wife, she wouldn't even think about that because I, you know, I don't, I don't do that. I, I say, keep a charge that phone, keep a charge that flashlight, keep everything ready. Like something is fixing to happen because you never know when it's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, when we have tornado season around here, as soon as somebody says bad weather, I might charge everything up in the house, charge it all up. Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. Guys, you know, hat the, one of the best ways to survive these circumstances is to be ready for when they happen. Right. You know, don't th- this after the fact shit that most of us do, it doesn't do anybody any good. Nope. This it, is it's how people, a dead flashlight never saved anybody. Right. I, yeah. And I mean, but you got to think how this, is how people get sick. This is how they starve to death. This is how they, they, you know, um, get dehydrated and get really sick, you know, or drink bad water cause they're desperate and then die. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, that's why we, you know, you want to stay ahead of these things that are happening and be on top of these scenarios. Don't wait till the last minute to do things. Just go ahead and charge that phone or charge that flashlight or, you know, buy that extra case of water. When you brought that up about, you know, people dying of certain things, it's like, well, let me just throw this out there. And then this, this is a situation I've seen happen in, in hurricanes and not necessarily in tornadoes, but power will be out. People are hungry. Okay. They want to eat up whatever's there. What's we always say, eat up the, the perishable things first. Folks, if you think water, something could be wrong with it, it could be tainted. Or if you think food could be spoiled or tainted, if you even have the idea that it might be, leave it alone. It's bad enough to go through with these bad situations. Don't go through with these bad situations being sick. 
stomach bug, whether it be bad food, whatever it might be. I, I went through an emergency one time, and I think I got something that might have been out of the refrigerator a little too long due to the emergency. Don't make this mistake, okay? If it looks like it's bad, you'll be hungry for a little bit longer, okay? You can make it another two or three hours. Don't eat something that could be bad for you. Don't do it. Exactly. Yeah, you'd be surprised how long you could actually go without food. And like how you were mentioning earlier, Al, about like, you know, you, you were hungry for so long and then you got kind of over it. Yep. You, you, you will. will. You, you will. I mean, your body will go through some, some bad with food withdrawals, but you'll get over it. Yeah, but, you know, you don't get over being food poisoned in five or ten minutes. We're talking 36, 48, sometimes 72 hours or more to get over something if it's bad enough, folks. So don't put yourself in a in a worse situation. You've already got enough problems with a with a you know an earthquake and your home's down, your business is damaged, you don't you can't go to work, and now you've got something else on top of it because there's no emergency services. Hospitals are in the same situation as you are. They can't worry about treating your bad stomach bug. They're worried about people that are actually dying or dead. So don't put yourself in that situation. Action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.